Hey guys, what is up? I hope you all are having a fantastic day today. I'm your host, Daniel Bird, and you're listening to Earplugs. Hey guys, welcome to episode 2 of Earplugs. Man, I've been waiting to do episode 2 for ages. You don't know. I've been carried away like with Anchor. I've been doing heaps of podcasts on there. And I'm not saying it's bad. I've just like made a bad habit of doing too many podcasts on there and not enough on iTunes. So I'll talk about uh, Anchor in a minute. But yeah, the first uh, episode of Earplugs I did January 17th, 2017, a day before my birthday. There's a interesting fact for you guys. So we got various of topics to talk about and I cannot wait. We got heaps and heaps of topics to talk about. The first one I want to talk about is Far Cry 5. And the, what, the trailer came out a week ago or a bit more. And oh, I absolutely love the trailer. The graphics look amazing. And I can tell this is going to be an absolute great, fabulous game. I cannot wait for this. I'm a huge fan of the Far Cry 5 uh, series and... Oh, I've been replaying Far Cry 4 lately because I'm so hyped for Far Cry 5 and I've got a mate of mine, he's an absolute fanatic about Far Cry, like he's just, he loves the whole series, he has pre-ordered the gold edition and yeah, it's $150, that's Australian dollars by the way, yeah, I'm not sure if I'll buy the gold edition, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, I, I might, um, but yeah, I'm really I just can't wait for this and it's going to be interesting because it's the first time it's not in like a super remote place like as we've seen in the last one it was set in India and this one's in Montana and it's interesting because of the place that they chose and also the theme they're sort of going with a cult theme as in like the enemy I guess yeah so I can't wait it's gonna it's going to be you know a good twist I guess and if you haven't seen the trailer yet, please do yourself a favor and go check it out if you're a fan of Far Cry. And if you have not played Far Cry ever, <laughs> do yourself a favor and play the bloody game. It is just one of the most fantastic games uh, series I've ever played. It's yeah, great and I'm hyped for this game. So the second topic I want to talk about is Anchor Radio and I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast. So, Anchor, what it is, it's an app, and on the app, it's on iOS and Android, so what you can do is create your profile, name the show, whatever you want it to be, and you just pretty much get your phone and record your podcast from your phone, and if you have an iPhone 6, 6S, and beyond, like, the audio, when you record straight from there, it's not bad at all, it's pretty good, it's, like, got a decent microphone, so... It's perfect to do, you know, podcasts on the go and get your thoughts out on the go as well without, you know, like this. Like, I love doing podcasting on iTunes, but it you have to have, you know, good software. You've got to have good setup, a good mic. It takes a bit more time. But with Anchor FM, you just do it straight on the phone and it's great. And there's a great community out there full of great podcasters. There's a few YouTubers on there that do shows. So, yeah, it's really good. So, go check it out on the App Store and the Play Store. I assure you, it, you know, you're going to love it if you're into podcasting or 
just want to listen to another variety of podcasters. So if you want to check me out on Anchor, it's the same title, same show. It's called Earplugs. What I do on there, I do more regularly. So around about probably a Monday to a Thursday every afternoon. I do like a podcast that goes for, let's say, 30 minutes. So yeah, I just talk about the same things I talk on the iTunes version, you know, technology, games, movies, TV shows, the you know, the latest stuff. So yeah, it's really good and I enjoy it because you can just do it really quick. And the great thing about it is you got lists of uh, sound effects and all that so you can include it into your podcast. So And the editing, it's not fantastic. What you do is like you just record. If you make a mistake, you can delete it and just record again, I guess. But yeah, it's good for doing it nice and quick. But again, for doing podcasting on like iTunes and that, you know, it takes more time to set up. You've got, you know, whatever you use, you have to have more stuff to to do your podcasting. And it's great because you can do more detailed editing. But yeah, again, I'm not saying Anchor FM is bad at all. I really enjoy it. I love it. And I can see it becoming really big in the near future. I did a review probably at the start of this month. No, actually, two two months ago I did a review for Anchor and I was really happy even though it was just something simple that, what was it, about a month ago that the developers of Anchor, you know, liked my comment and they said thank you so much. It just meant so much to me even though it was just a simple comment they did. So thank you Anchor for making such a great app for bringing podcasters, radio hosts together and yeah, go check it out. Honestly, they it's such a good community and the good thing about it is that uh, with the other hosts of um, people that do their own podcasts you can do interviews together do call-ins so what I mean by call-ins there's a call-in button so with another podcast they could ask uh, you know the fans oh what do you think about this subject or what do you think about this and that and they'll say I'll oh, make a call-in let me know what you think on blah 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 so you press the call-in button you say what you want to say to them and if they um, accept it they'll, they'll publish it on their their podcast and then you can hear yourself on their show so I've had people do that on my show and I've done it with other people's show and uh, people that I've made friends with through the podcasting community on Anchor we've you know sort of done uh, collabs so it's great and you can also do phone call interviews with the latest update so what you do is you press a phone call button and you you just call whoever you want to through the phone through the app and then you interview them on your show. So it's really great. I suggest you guys that are into podcasting, uh, check it out. It's it's fantastic. And also, I just want to say thank you to Maggie. I'm not sure if you're listening to this because I know you must have listened to my podcasts on Anchor. I just want to say thank you so much for suggesting my podcast to the editorial team at Anchor. That means so much to me. And thank you so much for saying all the nice comments about my show. Thank you for saying it's awesome. Thank you for saying it's great. Thank you for all the lovely comments that you made. It really made my day. And to the, that the fact that you are suggesting my podcast to the editorial team on Anchor to be featured, that's amazing. Thank you so much. I know my podcast may or may not get featured, but it's yeah, just a heartwarming feeling. So thank you so much. Okay, so for the third topic, I want to talk about the schedule for earplugs. So I'll talk a, talk about the schedule first for Anchor. 
So what I've done so far and will be doing is that I'll be doing a podcast for, let's say, so Monday to uh, Thursday in an afternoon. So around about five o'clock in the afternoon, I'll be starting to do it and probably finish around about maybe six. You know, all the episodes go around about 30 uh, minutes and a bit more. And so for the iTunes version, I'm planning of doing at least two podcasts a month, maybe even three. It's just that I, at the moment, I'm really busy with Anchor and also, you know, YouTubing and doing just like schoolwork in total. I'm finishing my final year off. And yeah, so in the future, I'll be doing more regular podcasts on iTunes because I really love doing it. And, you know, it's just great to do. So over the time, I'll be doing more regularly and more regularly. But for the time being, I'll be doing around about two to three podcasts a month for iTunes. All right, fourth topic to talk about. So a couple of weeks ago, the DJI Spark was announced and was released. And this little drone is so impressive. The DJI Maverick Pro was really impressive for its size and it was you know smaller than the the phantom fours and all all of that the only downside i find with the dji spark is that it only shoots in 1080p and for me i like 4k so i'm thinking of buying one so my choice would be the dji maverick pro just because it shoots in 4k and the stabilizer on the camera is just much more better than the DJI Spark. I'm not saying the DJI Spark is bad. It's great for people that just want to capture uh, videos and that are just like amateurs with uh, drones and uh, making films. So it's perfect for people that just want to, you know, make nice videos. But for more of a professional aspect, I suggest the DJI Maverick Pro just because the image stabilization is much more better even the axle of the camera and because it shoots in 4k and also the range is a bit bigger um from memory the dji maverick pro if i'm not mistaken can fly away 7k's seven kilometers away from uh, where you are and last about uh 27 minutes on battery with the dji spark the the range is uh, shorter and also the battery life but it's not bad at all it's pretty decent for its size and it, it is amazing how small it is it's if you just take away the wings the base of it is as small as an iphone 6s it's really impressive so if you're a beginner i would suggest buying the dji spark because 1080p that's not bad at all and it's just a great size for uh, portability and it's pretty good for the battery life and the range that it goes from. And it, yeah, it's really decent. I'm not saying it's bad at all. But if you're a professional and you have had um, ex- experience with drones before, I would suggest buying the DJI Maverick Pro as it shoots in 4K it's a bit bigger but it's still small enough that it's a perfect size go check it out if you haven't it's got excellent battery life and it's got a good range on it as i said it can fly away from as long as seven kilometers away from where you are and it just shoots magnificent footage 
Casey Neistat, he's a YouTuber on YouTube. He uses the DJI Maverick Pro a lot, and I suggest go checking him out on YouTube if you haven't, because um, he's a perfect example of you know watching DJI Maverick Pro footage, and it's really great if you know how to use it well. <laughs> All right, let's go to the fifth topic. So I want to talk about the iPhone 8 and the just everything about it. So with the WWDC 2017 that was yesterday, they didn't announce anything with the iPhone 8 and I didn't really think they would. I would be surprised if they did. But they would, obviously, with the next WWDC of this year, we'll talk about the iPhone 8 or whatever it's going to be called. They will announce, you know, obviously, a next iPhone. With the iPhone 8, there's been rumors and most likely there'll be three models. There'll be the iPhone 8, the iPhone 8 Plus, and an iPhone 8 Edition. And who knows what the iPhone 8 Edition will be like, what it will be. It might be a downgrade of some sort or might have some sort of special feature. We don't know at all. It's just a mystery at the moment. So, yeah... We know that all the phones these days are starting to be full screen, edge-to-edge screens. And it's become more of a, a movement, I guess, in the world of phone technology. We've seen um, that Samsung Galaxy S8. It's got a beautiful, stunning screen, I must say. It's just excellent. I like it. The Obviously, they use OLED and just the colors pop and everything. The It has slight bevels, but... It's nearly bevel-less, and yeah, all phones that are coming out these days are just having edge-to-edge screens. So yeah, the iPhone 8 will most likely have a full-screen display, as we've seen in the concept art. There's been various and various designs uh, by independent artists, and yeah, it wouldn't make sense if Apple didn't make their next iPhone a you know edge-to-edge screen or a you know a big screen. The only thing I don't like is that the new concept art that I've seen and witnessed is that it's, you know, the good thing about it is that there are no bevels except for the top where the face camera is. There's like this weird ass bevel and it just looks weird. It is a concept art, but when the iPhones, before the iPhone 7 was released, there was concept art and, you know, it it was spot on, like correct. Everything, you know, it was correct um you know when the iphone 7 was released like all the concept art was just spot on so we we can pretty much trust concept art now before the next iphone is released so i hopefully don't you know i don't want apple to do this weird bevel like i guess if they do it i guess i could learn to get over it a bit (laughs) but yeah it just looks weird for me and yeah the Samsung Galaxy S8 just made it look, you know, nice, even though, like, the edges were, are bevelous, but the top and the bottom are, you know, have slight bevels, but they still know how to make it stunning. And Apple is known to make, you know, stunning, beautiful devices, like the iPad, the iPhone, the Mac. All the products that they make, they aren't ugly, you know, they're, they're stunning, they're nice. So it'll be a shame if, this new iPhone has that weird bevel at the top. 
but I'm not going to make too much out of it. I'm really excited for the iPhone 8 or whatever they're going to call it. I'm, I'm really excited to see what they're going to bring. And there's been many rumors about the next iPhone having an OLED display. And thank goodness, because uh, honestly, Apple needs to like keep up to date for goodness sakes. Like they have, but like screens like that, Samsung have been making like OLED displays like for a while. Um, and it's, it's about time that Apple has caught up with that technology because OLED, the colors that you get from OLED just pop and they just look stunning, beautiful and bright. And like the screens that they use for the iPhone 8, the retina displays, they're, they're pretty good. I, I love them. Like everything is, you know, super clear. Everything's bright, but you can't compare it with OLED because with OLED, it's just much more clearer and crisp and beautiful and colorful so yeah i'm really glad that apple could be you know using oled displays but the only thing that makes me cringe just a little is that apple might be pushing the price up just because they're putting an oled display and iphones are expensive as they are like oh my gosh but the samsung galaxy s8 is expensive so i just I don't want Apple to make their next iPhone super expensive because the iPhone 6S that I got cost about 1,300-ish. And I know with what the iPhone 7, it's around about that price or even just a little bit more. So if they are going to push the price up, I'm going to estimate that the iPhone 8 or whatever they're going to call it will cost around about 1400 that's australian dollars so um i'm not going to convert it to american at the moment so you guys um if you're in, in america you can convert it for yourself <laughs> i'm sorry i just don't have the time at the moment but yeah um also later in the show i'll mention what my twitter name is so you can follow me there and just you know um tell me what you think on these things and i'll you know tweet uh, more about these things as i go and as we've seen from the concept art from the past month or so, the fingerprint scanner will most likely be at the backside. And you can compare this to the Pixel, Google's Pixel, because the fingerprint's on the back. And I actually don't mind this at all. It's the, pretty much the perfect place for a fingerprint scanner, because when you hold your phone, your index finger fits naturally there, and it's just great. The only thing is, from the designs I've seen, is that the fingerprint scanner will be below the Apple logo and that's just not right because then you have to bend your finger down a bit. And you can test this for yourself. So where the Apple logo is on your iPhone, that's where the end of your index finger will rest naturally and that's the perfect place where Apple should put their fingerprint scanner because if they put it below, it just feels uncomfortable and you have to bend your finger. It's probably good if you have short fingers, but... Yeah, it's just not natural and I find that it'll be a dumb move if they do that. But I was sort of hoping for like in the early concept uh, is that the fingerprint would have been on the screen and that would have been an ingenious move that Apple have would have done. That would have been great and like awesome to see because yeah, it would be just convenient. Like, obviously, they would remove the home button and put the fingerprint scanner uh, on the screen and like a digital home button. That'll be really awesome to see. Like, honestly, I wouldn't um, blame them because 
it's really hard to do and you know if they're doing like the fingerprint scanner at the back that's not a bad move at all in my opinion they got heaps of time to do that and they can do that in the near future and work on it now so that might you know come out next year or so it's i don't know i'm not a tech designer i don't know how all of that works but they obviously you know know how to make this sort of stuff and they just, I guess, have to work on developing that type of technology. One thing I was a bit touchy on before, but I'm not that touchy on now, is that the headphone jack. Everyone went ballistics when Apple just removed their headphone jack with the iPhone 7, me included, because I was gonna, I was like, where am I going to put my headphone jack? Where, you know, what the hell, Apple? <laughs> but then they you know announced at the same time the airpods and i'm like okay that's a good way around it and but what you know honestly people still went ballistics but apple still managed to fix a you know solution you could like get an adapter plug it into the lightning port and problem solved but now there's more you know bluetooth headphones bluetooth earphones i don't find a problem with this anymore because you know bluetooth earphones are so convenient in my opinion, like you guys still might, you know, like the cord uh, earphones and headphones, and that's fine, that's totally fine. But for me, I like Bluetooth, it's just like less cord and less worry. So, if the next iPhone doesn't have a headphone jack, I will not be, um, you know, I won't go ballistics at all and I won't go spastic. <laughs> I just don't find a problem with that at all. I'll most likely buy myself, a, you know, the AirPods or some sort of Bluetooth earphones to listen to my music and, you know, to do other stuff with it. So, yeah, I just, in total, I don't find a problem with Apple not including a headphone jack in the next phone. And I will mention that it'll be nice to see a new color uh, for the next iPhone. Um, with the iPhone 7, there's jet black, there's silver, there's gold and rose gold. So it'll be nice to see a new color added to the family. Um, for me, I like the the silver. I used to always get black, but it, it was nice to, you know, change to silver with a white face for a bit. But I don't, I don't know. I like the jet black look. So if they don't add a new color, I don't know. I'm going to be torn apart between choosing the white or the black. Alright, let's move on to the sixth topic, and that is Justice League and the rest of the DC films that are coming out. So, you might have heard this, and this is shocking news, and it's sad at the same time. Zack Snyder is stepping down from uh, Justice League because his daughter sadly committed suicide, and that is just really tragic and really sad, and, you know, it's understandable that he's stepping down from Justice League. And Joss Whedon is taking over Justice League. And this is massive, massive news. This is the guy that is, you know, in charge of Marvel. You know, the Avengers, Iron Man, all of that. And he is so good of taking care of, you know, the Marvel movies. So it's, you know, 100% locked in that he will take great care of Justice League. So it's locked into place that Justice League will have a fair chance of being a great movie. But Zack Snyder did confirm on social media that he'll be still working and directing Justice League 2. And yeah, it's, it's great that he's doing that. 
it's just that I'm a bit sketchy on this because BVS was not what I expected. The trailers before the movie came out looked excellent. I loved it. But when I saw the movie, it was not the full Mars bar. It just didn't give me the full... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've been using that term a lot now. When something's just not enough, it's called it's not the full Mars bar. And this term was created by my dad. I just it's just awesome. It's a great term to use. So please um, use it. It'll make me happy and my dad happy. So yeah, that's what I use now as a term when something is not the you know the full thing that I want. So the movie is coming out in November, I believe, in Australia. This movie, I just can't wait for. I'm really hyped for it. And yeah, it's just, I'm a bit sketchy a little bit because I just really want this movie to be great. I just want to forget about BVS for a little bit and, you know, hope that this movie will be great. Just, you know, for the fans, for the movie and for Zack Snyder. I just want this movie to be great. Also, I've heard that Wonder Woman has had really good reviews and that's made me happy because that's uh, made DC happy and, you know, it's a success. So I'm really happy about that and that gives me a bit more, you know, hope that Justice League will be a great movie and, and not a letdown. Going back to BVS, it wasn't as bad as people said. There were, you know, YouTubers that were saying that you know, it wasn't as bad as what people were saying it was. When I went to see it, you know, I did like it. It was great, you know. Um, it was had a great story to it, but just, it wasn't the full Mars bar. <laughs> it, yeah, just, yeah, it wasn't the full Mars bar. Honestly, even though it was based on The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and Part 2, it was pretty good. But if you haven't seen the animated uh, version of that, it, go check it out. It is superb. I just absolutely loved it. I think the both part one and part two go around about an hour or more. It's just really good. And so that was the comics and then they made it into an animated film. And then BVS came out. So that was loosely based on The Dark Knight Returns. And if you watch that film, there are a lot of scenes in that animated film that are, are you know in BVS and I found that you know surprising and you know good easter eggs to find so keeping on the DC vibe I want to talk about the Batman solo movie this is just like all over the place at the moment it's obvious that Ben Affleck has mixed feelings about playing Batman in the future I in my opinion and I've talked with my friends that we reckon that Ben Affleck will be doing, you know, Justice League uh, 2 and then his own Batman solo movie and that's it. He's going to try and get out of his contract as soon as possible because he's had a lot of trouble with writing the script for the, his own Batman film and there's just been many other complications and it could be possibly of what's happened with BVS. I don't know. This would be surprising if this all changed and he would still want to play in uh, future movies, but in my opinion, I just don't think he'll play uh, um, the character Batman after his own Batman film. So, who knows? And it's really sad too, because he's the best Batman we've seen on the screen since Christian Bale. Honestly, he's just downright perfect for the character. He's great as playing Bruce Wayne and Batman. I'm pretty sure I mentioned in the first podcast on iTunes is that for playing this role, you need to master both characters, Bruce Wayne and Batman. 
Christian Bale, he mastered Batman, but he didn't really master Bruce Wayne, in my opinion. Yeah, so in my opinion, Ben Affleck has just mastered the role, and the suit just looks awesome, like really bulky, and you can tell it's really based on the Dark Knight Returns uh, Batman. Like in that, um, in the comics and the animated film, he's like this bulky as you know character. He's just like muscular and just ripped as, and you know, aged a little um, with. Well, actually, in the comics, he's aged quite a lot. He's in his um, old age. And, but with the BVS, his, you know, his experience, he's not old, he's just experience, he's like, what, fought crime apparently for 20 years in this universe. So yeah, I just really love this um, version of Batman. Also, the other reason why I think that this version of Batman is just great is that Ben Affleck really enjoys playing this character and that's a great thing for an actor to do, to love and be enthusiastic about playing a specific character. That just makes it more enjoyable, and it just seems to make the acting way much better, and just the whole vibe about it. So I'm hoping that you know Ben Affleck will return um, as Batman after his solo film. I'm really hyped up, and I literally can't wait for his own Batman solo film. I just reckon it's going to be absolutely amazing it's oh in my opinion i reckon it's going to be the best batman film yet with concept art there's been like heaps of awesome artists that have made posters for uh ben affleck's uh, solo batman film go check them out because they're amazing they've done with like photoshops from like the joker's suicide squad or like with uh realistic dolls they've just they're really great um go check them out they just look fantastic. The latest one was by this artist that um, got the Joker and had the Batman Batarang stuck in his lip with blood on it. And the Batarang was upside down, so it kind of looked like a smile. But these posters that are made, made by fans, they just look awesome. Okay, so the seventh topic I want to talk about is the future of Marvel, the MCU the TV shows, and more. So what I want to talk about is that with the MCU after Avengers Infinity Wars Part 1 and Part 2, they're going to do really different films. They're going to, I'm guessing, more cosmic. Who knows? It's going to be really different uh, from what I've heard from reliable sources and also from Joss Whedon um, on social media and that it's going to be just really different and I'm kind of excited. I'm really curious. In the future, um, I hope that Marvel can buy back some characters like the Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, all of that, those characters from the Fantastic Four universe. I would really love to see a Silver Surfer standalone film. I reckon this would be just super interesting and really different from the Marvel movies that have come out now and previously. So there's been talks about the Netflix uh, shows like Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist and Jessica Jones having a crossover with the MCU films and I reckon this is a really great idea because these aren't low budget TV show, um, you know these characters are so good and the money that has been put into these Netflix series are just superb, 
they're really great and really good budget, like high budget. You can tell when you watch these series. So if they have a crossover into the films, that'll be awesome. I reckon it'll, it'll be a great choice because these versions of Daredevil, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, I reckon will be perfect in the MCU. I reckon that'll be just an awesome idea to do and hopefully it hopefully it comes true, I'm hoping. Joss Whedon was talking about um, that a bit. It could be a possibility. He didn't confirm that it will uh, happen, but it does sound likely that it could be happening. So this would be really interesting if this would happen in Avengers Infinity Wars, which I'm really excited to see. And, you know, it's going to be great because Thanos will be making his, you know, big screen debut, I guess. Well, he's made a debut in the previous films, but... You know, obviously he'll be the main villain and I'm just excited for this because he is going to be the baddest, best and the biggest villain of all time in the MCU. I'm not sure. I think I could have talked about this in my first iTunes podcast or it was in my podcast in Anchor. Me and my friends were talking about, and this would be the perfect introduction for Venom, is since the Avengers Infinity Wars will be in space and all of that, and we know Spider-Man will be uh, in this film, uh, it will be the perfect introduction for Venom since it's in space and this, you know, Venom symbiote, as we know it, is originated from space. But it has been confirmed there will be a Venom standalone film starring Tom Hardy, and I reckon he, he's the best pick for Eddie Brock. So, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be connected with the MCU or if that's going to be by Sony. But, yeah, it's obviously going to be, what, it's going to be 2018. So, hopefully that comes out after Avengers Infinity Wars. Because if it is by Marvel, again, Avengers Infinity Wars will be the perfect way to introduce Venom. Okay, so that leads me to Spider-Man 3. Because there has been... Uh, what was it talks about um what was it amazon that's right amazon are doing a recut of spider-man 3 there was a lot of talks um and you know fans were you know weren't really happy with spider-man 3 this was why spider-man 4 was just you know discontinued and didn't come out and led to the reboot of spider-man so i reckon this will be very interesting to see a recut and a you know a slightly different version of Spider-Man 3, and I really, you know, liked Tobey Maguire. I reckon he was a great Spider-Man. But, yeah, with Tom Holland, I reckon he's, you know, just a great pick. And, you know, Spider-Man from the comics is, you know, he grows up in high school. So, you know, I've picked a perfect age group for the new Spider-Man, and I'm just so happy with the redesign of the suit and everything. It's just really, you know, close to, to the comics and... Yeah, I like how they're going with the more techie side of things. And in the new trailer, it just shows like how much you know tech this suit is packed with. It just looks awesome. I'm really psyched um, and hyped to see the new Spider-Man movie. I just can't wait to watch it. Alright, so the eighth topic I want to talk about is the Siri Smart Speaker, the HomePod. So this was announced at WWDC. 2017 and this was just like awesome to hear about 
As we've seen, there's been Google Home and Alexa. These are smart AI speakers. They're like a speaker that, you know, you tell them what you want to know or want them to do and they'll do it. So it's great that Apple is, you know, entering this uh, side of technology and I would like to, you know, buy one of these to test it out. It'll be interesting. So what I like about um, the HomePod is that it adapts to wherever you put it in your home, which I find fantastic. So for example, if you put the HomePod near a wall, it, it will adapt. So it'll know that it's put near a wall. So most of the sound will come from um, an area where there's no wall and little sound will come from um, where it's near the wall. So if you put it in a place where there's a lot of space around it, 360 degrees, all the noise will come around it. So 360 degrees um, audio and sound. So I reckon this is really cool that it adapts. Go check it out on Apple to you know sort of understand more about how it adapts. So Apple didn't talk too much about it. They said they're working on it. I'm sure in the next WWDC this year they'll talk more about it and you know show more of the special features and all about that. So at the moment we know that it's got Siri on it. It's got a Siri activation on the top, and when you press it, it has the Siri colors and all of that. So at the moment we can know that it plays music, what you want it to do. It connects to your phone or iPad, I guess, to uh, Apple Music. And since if you have an Apple Music subscription, then you can just play whatever you want. You can also say, hey Siri, you know, can you um, play something new or something like that? And it'll know that based on what you like to listen to, it'll play something new that is similar to the music that you like. And yeah, I'm really excited to you know, buy one of these and I can't wait to for it to come out and I'm really happy that you know Apple is competing in this sort of market cuz Google Homes um out and Alexa and there's you know other versions of those sort of smart speaker AIs coming out. All right, so the ninth topic is iOS 11. And I'm really excited for iOS 11. I like how Apple has slightly redesigned everything. And it's also with that, uh, the App Store and um, what, I think it's nine years or something like that. No, nah, it's less. They've redesigned the App Store. So with the App Store, it's going to be redesigned, a new look, and it looks really nice. And it's got uh, a feature that I really like is that with all the apps that, you are going to download or with the games it shows you much more info and much more videos and demos of that so i'm really i really like that and with ios 11 it's really interesting because with the ipad pro it just transforms the ipad pro into like a mac for example there's a new filing app and with the dock you can expand it larger and it with the docs are expanding, it almost looks like the Mac. And with the multitasks um, that you can do, it's yeah, it's on the verge of being a Mac, honestly. I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all. I reckon it's really good for people that like to do multitasking. And yeah, the iPad is, you know, for people that like doing creative stuff, but also it's now, as I said, it's on the verge of being a Mac because you can attach a keyboard to it do more work on it like uh, Word, you know, um, PowerPoint and all of those things. So yeah, it's more productive this device. 
I don't know if I'll ever buy another iPad in the future. I might because like the iPad mini I have at the moment, it was the first iPad mini that was released and it doesn't work anymore. It can't compute with the new software updates. It's so slow. It doesn't work and it's just pretty much shut itself. So yeah, I wouldn't mind getting an iPad in the future. It's just like at the moment, I don't really need one. I got my uh, new MacBook Pro with the touch bar. And it's really great. I've had it for two weeks now and I absolutely love it. I love the touch bar for video editing. You've got all your tools there and it's great for also um, editing, you know, podcasts. It's great uh, on GarageBand. You've got your tools. You can use it really quick. Also, I found using it a lot with uh, Microsoft Word because you have a lot of tools that, you know, you can just use much more quicker and on the spot. Um, like then clicking the tools, like selecting, finding, all of that. It's just there. You can scroll through it nice and quick. So I absolutely love it. And the whole, you know, MacBook Pro 2016 model, I just absolutely love it. It's great. Nice and slick. Nice, simple design. The screen on it's just awesome, nice and bright. And the thing that I love the most about this Mac is the speaker. The speakers on this device are amazing. They are just awesome. With my last laptop I had was an Acer that just became, you know, a shit computer. It was just so bad. The speakers were really crap. So, yeah, this MacBook um, Pro 2016 model has the best speakers I've heard on a laptop considering the size. Like, it is loud. It is loud, this device. It's so good. And... The quality of the audio that comes out of it is really great because you can have a laptop that has loud speakers, but the audio and the sound that comes from it are just really bad. So yeah, it's got really great quality speakers and I'm just really happy that Apple just nailed it with the speakers. So good on you, Apple. I love you. You're the best. One thing that I really absolutely loved about the iOS 11 features is that with Apple Pay, you can now send your friends or whoever you want money through iMessenger. So if you owe someone money, you can just like send money straight from uh, iMessage from your Apple um, card and send the money to your friend or whoever you need to through iMessage and they'll receive it. But you still have to confirm it with your fingerprint and that's good. Obviously, you don't want people sending, you know, money through iMessage like wildfire so it's a good thing but it's really easy and I find it's a great thing to do and it's just wonderful so when you send it you can select the amounts and then you confirm it with your fingerprint and send it to whoever you, you want to through iMessage and then if you haven't done this before or haven't received it before it'll automatically create a Apple cash card so then it will store that amount of money on that Apple Cash card. And then if you want, you can convert that money to uh, your bank account. Or if you don't want to, you can use the Apple Cash card on your Apple wallet to purchase things like in stores and all of that. So I reckon it's really great that they've done this. It makes things much more easier. And it's just, just an awesome thing that they've done. Another thing that's going to be awesome in iOS 11 is augmented reality. So in WWDC 2017, they showed a bit of this with the iPad and I just, this is awesome. You can watch like uh, little films and that and stories like you can uh, look at your iPad and the camera just, um, you know, use the camera and you watch like a table be transformed into like a, um, an outpost. 
that's like uh, apocalyptic and this was shown in the demo and it just yeah creates like a little story but like with um, computer generation it just looks awesome and with this also Pokemon Go is much more improved um, using the augmented reality that iOS 11 will be using so yeah the Pokemon if you still play Pokemon Go uh, Pokemon Go will be much more improved on iOS 11 so the Pokemon's um, in the game will be much more stable everything will be just much more improved and I'm just really sad about you know Pokemon Go because it really shot up in popularity now like really hardly anyone plays it I still have it on my phone and I haven't played it in ages and it's just really sad I just think the hype has uh, died down a bit and yeah it's just sad because I'm a huge Pokemon fan and I've played all the Pokemon games and even before the Pokemon game was release I was just like excited and excited and I just could not wait another 10 minute for you know um, Pokemon Go to be released and when it got released I was just like straight away out the house catching Pokemon yeah the hype was amazing but yeah it's sad to see it died down a bit uh, I got to a stage where like I just felt like it I'll just you know catch a few Pokemon but yeah when the hype was real I was out all the time catching Pokemon and all of that so yeah, it's it's good that they've done this with augmented reality, um, Apple, but yeah, I just don't really see a need uh, in improving Pokemon Go. There's a little need because, you know, there's people that still play it. It's just that, yeah, the hype has died down a bit and I just there isn't as many people playing Pokemon Go as before. Okay, so our last and tenth topic is E3, Call of Duty, World War II, Spider-Man, PS4, and Assassin's Creed. So E3 is coming next week, and I just cannot wait for this to see, you know, announcements for games and just everything about it. Uh, Call of Duty, World War II looks amazing. I cannot wait to get this game, and I just like that how the Call of Duty series has just taken back a bit. Like, they got a bit carried away with um, future, you know, warfare. So, I'm glad that they've, you know, brought it back to, you know, World War-ish times. So, it's really great. And the thing is that I sort of laughed when they um, when the trailer was announced because I laughed at how it's called World War Two. I guess they're competing with Battlefield 1 in a way. So, that's what I was sort of, you know, laughing about. And then Spider-Man PS4 was, you know, announced uh, a while ago, you know, um, what was it, a year ago or so. I'm really excited for this game. It looks really amazing. <laughs> Get it? Amazing Spider-Man, pun not intended. Um, geez, that was bad. <laughs> oh, geez, uh, cringe. <laughs> I like how with the Spider-Man PS4 games, they've sort of like um, adapted like the past Spider-Mans uh, with a suit. So, you know, it's got a mixture of, you know, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, um, The Amazing Spider-Man, and um, Spider-Man Homecoming, you know, with the lenses. Um, and this uh, version of Spider-Man is much more experienced, and I like that. And people are really excited about this, because I remember Spider-Man 2, the game was a big hit. Even, like, in my childhood, I just could not stop playing that game. So, if this new Spider-Man PS4 game is like that, I'm going to be hooked. <laughs> I really got uh, high hopes for this game, and I reckon it's going to be a really great game. So, I'm really excited for E3 again. Um, it's just always, you know, great to watch the 
the shows in that. One day I would love to go to E3. So I'm really excited for all the announcements that are going to come out at E3 and I reckon it's going to be a great E3. Also, I will mention now, if you want to follow me uh, on Twitter, it's at Daniel2210Bird, bird as in B-I-R-D. So if you go there, um, I'll tweet about, you know, updates on the show, things what I think about and, you know, heaps more other cool stuff. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. So guys, that brings an end to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day today. And I'll talk to you guys in the next one. Peace.